Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncle Dad Talks. I'm Uncle Dad and with me as always is the ever so handsome Mike Hampton. Mike, how are you? Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, okay. Um, how are you feeling today? How, uh, today's a pretty exciting episode, I would say. I'm excited for today's episode. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, I, I'm overwhelmed with excitement. So it's doing, it's making me feel dull. Dull. Okay. Uh, well, before we get into that, as always, we have. Does to that pay- make sense? Yeah, sure. <laughs> as always, <laughs> we have to pay the bills. Uh, so. To kind of condense our time today, we're only going to do one ad today. And what that ad is for is our newest sponsor, uh, Cloudy. Now, Mike, you know, you're on, you're traveling right now. Uh, sleep is very important, correct? Oh, man, it's the most important. I would probably say it's more important than anything else, probably next to like food, of course. But I think sleep is something we all really need. And let's be honest, a lot of us have a hard time getting restful sleep. Well, if you haven't listened to our previous episode yet, we do have a new sponsor. And what that sponsor's name is, is Cloudy. Now, Cloudy uh, is a breathable, uh, almost like a vape pen um, for melatonin and other things, other natural remedies for you to use to sleep. Now, Mike, does that make sense that you breathe in sleep? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, Yeah. So what's really great about... uh, Cloudy is that they have no illegal illegal substances at all. There's no nicotine, no CBD, no THC, just pure melatonin, lavender extract, L-theanine, chamomile extract, grape extract, and other awesome things for your body. Um, it is a great product, and we are very happy to have them on board. And Mike, uh, as soon as we get ours in, I'm going to send you some so we can uh, get some good sleep. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I'm ready for some good sleep. Yes, and of course... How do you save money, Mike? Well, let me tell you. Thank you for asking, Mike. Oh, how do you save money? <laughs> there <Wait>. you go. <laughs> you get 10% off your order if you go to tridcloudy.com and use promo code Uncle Dad Talks. All one word, lowercase, mm. and that gives you 10% off your uh, first purchase. Pretty good price. Uh, one of the things I want to recommend to our audience right now is the all-in-one relax kit. Normally, it's 100 bucks, but if you go there right now, it's only $60. And what's really great is that it comes with three of the breathable sticks, uh, sleeping mist, and some other great stuff as well. Great deal. Plus, you get 10% off. You can't beat that. Am I right, Mike? Can't beat that. No. Cannot I, beat I think that. I want to dream about that while I'm having such a wonderful sleep. With See, that's what they got to do. You got to like get, what you got to do is sleep on something that feels like a cloud. And then you're like, oh, man, I'm really cloudy right now. <laughs> no? Yeah? I don't know. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, now, Mike. Tell us what we have on the docket today. On the docket today, we have one of the things, uh, we're speaking with some people with uh, that are associated with one of the things that's most dear to my heart. It's kind of made me part of, what, of who I am today. Um, we're having some people from Burning Man, the Burning Man organization, on to talk about Burning Man because uh, this next week is, would be, burn week if if we were going but you know there is no covid took care of that again yeah. yes again yeah um it sucks because um i was gonna go with you last year and then obviously mm-hmm. covid happened and this year i was uh, planning on going too as well and again we're not going so it sucks because i haven't yet to experience it as uh, as you you discuss it and i'm excited to kind of get like a different perspective from it not just obviously from you but also from these uh distinguished people you know these are people who are very much a part of the organization um and it's exciting to see uh, a different perspective that that maybe people don't know about about burning man because i do i do believe sometimes burning man can get a bad rap but truthfully everybody i've met who is really about burning man are nothing but nothing short of amazing people and that includes yourself oh thank you very much i mean yeah there's a lot of misconceptions about what it is and what happens out there uh, some of those conceptions are right, but um, yeah, I think I think after this talk that we have, it'll probably open up some people's eyes to Burning Man in a different way. So, I mean, absolutely, and I think you if know. you if you have listened through the show, uh, what you'll notice is there's always some themes we have going on, right? And one of those themes is that I would say you probably bring up Burning Man or something about Burning Man maybe once every other show. I would say. What do you think? Yeah, I usually like most um like bruce willis <laughs> yeah i find a way to wedge it in i do yeah. that on our show i do that in in conversations with with people in the outside world all the time he's like let me yeah. talk about two things bruce willis 
and Burning Man. <laughs> One day I want to talk about Bruce Willis at Burning Man. Oh man, you know, is that, that true? That could be like that could be like Die Hard <laughs> oh, Six. Die Hard Six. Know? Imagine that. Imagine you went to Burning Man, Mike, and then you happen to like just be in a camp right next to Bruce Willis. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> then he's like, he goes, hey, Mike, I heard you on that dumb show. Uh, can I see your tattoo? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, they say never meet your heroes, but, you know, I have a feeling he would he would not be amused by my tattoo <laughs> probably, or, my, or my Burning Man stories. So. Uh, you know, whatever, though, right? But then he's like, yeah. but you know what, Mike? I got some mushrooms, so let's go. Let's go connect. Yeah. <laughs> Doing mushrooms or Bruce Willis would be an episode in itself. <laughs> uh, but sure. yes, uh, oh, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I was saying, should such a thing ever happen? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I'm very excited to do this episode, specifically to have you here and talk about it and it's going to be great. Um, I think one of the big things I've, I've always admired about you is your, is your adoration for my burning man. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I really, you know, it's always nice when you meet people who are very passionate about what they like, um, you know, and you, you're very passionate about burning man to you. Burning man isn't just an event. It's like a way of life. And I love that. And I will always respect that. And I have nothing but warmth in my heart for this episode. Cause it's great to see, something you love come out so prominently in this platform. So I'm happy yeah. we can do this. Well said. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to it as well. And I promise I won't call you old at all in this episode. <laughs> yeah. You know, you haven't done that in a few episodes. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to ease back a little bit, you know, I'm yeah, trying to be a little bit, trying to be uncle dad's getting old. So, See? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but of course, uh, as always, I will be right back. And when we come back from this break, we will be sitting with our guests from Burning Man. Yeah, Mike, do you have any other words before we leave? F your burn. Sounds good. We'll be right back after this break. <laughs> hey, how's it going? My name is Tion Buku One. I'm a skateboarding, graffiti writing, bowling son of a Black Panther. And I'm Yula. <laughs> and we are the co-hosts of the Black Russian Podcast. Our podcast is a deep dive into relationships from monogamy, non-monogamy, open, poly, and whatever other labels that us wacky humans come up with. Let's go beyond the assumptions, beyond the stigmas, stereotypes, and most definitely beyond the judgment. We share our highs, lows, face plans, and triumphs of trying to love in ways that fit us individually while we continue our journey through life together. With topics like yuck and yums, poly trendy, how does it really feel, and tour life, tour wife, we discuss how to build and define relationships that are tailor-made for you. Let's talk about it. Let's be honest. All from a soulful perspective. Soul. Now let's be clear. <laughs> let's we don't advocate clear. any one relationship style over the other. Nah. We advocate any and all relationships that encourage truth, honesty, and the freedom to do it how you do it. Deconstruct decolonize and rebuild in your own way with a black Russian podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Uh, Mike, uh, I'm very excited. I'm going to give you the keys today because I want you to introduce this phenomenal person. So Mike, go ahead. Yes. I'm very happy to have uh, Mr. Steven Raspa on the show He's an associate director of community events for Burning Man, and he's also a founding member of the Burning Man Regional Network Committee. Stephen or Raspa, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, indeed. Thank you so much, Mike and Uncle Dad. Yes, yes. Um, I'm 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 so excited about this episode. I mean, one, it's it's Burning Man, which is so dear to my heart. It's a huge part of my life. Uh, when I'm at Burning Man. When I'm not at Burning Man and conversations with most people that I meet, I find a way to bring it up, as uh, many burners may do. Um, and this next week is uh, normally we'd be out there at Burning Man, and so I wanted to, I wanted to really talk about Burning Man on the show because the show is also a huge part of my life. So, so yes, again, really stoked to have you and. One thing that I thought was interesting, Stephen, is that I'm reading this book called This is Burning Man by Brian Daugherty. I hope I'm saying his name right. Doherty. 
Doherty, thank you. And you were referenced in the beginning of the book. Your name popped up in there. What's uh, what, what's your what's the story with that? Um, well, uh, I've known uh, Brian as a member of our community for many years, and I don't remember the exact uh, quote there, but I know that he d wrote a, a really uh, wonderful uh, book about um, the development of the culture and different aspects of it. I think I, I might have included a quote there about um, uh, the um, growth of the, of the community from a, a local event to a global culture, but I actually don't remember the quote. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but Brian's fun. great. I do uh, enjoy his book. And um, there are lots of interesting books out there about the culture on everything from uh, uh, applications to urban planning. There's a book out um, by uh, an architect and urban planner, Douglas Farr, who uh, was influenced by the 10 principles as he was thinking about how to bring uh, people into meaningful relationship as neighbors again in cities. There are other books uh, dealing with uh, sort of the design challenges of Black Rock City. Philippe Glade has a great book uh, about the ephemeral spaces of Burning Man. Um, there's books out uh, about obviously the art, uh, Art on Fire and lots of other great books. Um, uh, about the unique uh, nature of art being made at Burning Man. So we have a whole library actually at Burning Man uh, headquarters uh, with many volumes. I, I don't know the exact number, but there are, uh, gosh, you know, probably thousands of references in, out there in the world ranging from PhD papers that have been published on the cult different aspects of the culture, possible applications to education, all sorts of weird and interesting stuff. Mm hmm. Yeah, there is lots of there's lots of books. And, and so let's get into just a quick history for, for the people who are listening who who don't know anything about about Burning Man. Like what's a quick uh, kind of nutshell history of, of Burning Man where it started? Right. Yeah. yeah. Let me give you a, a quick rundown. So, you know, it's good to talk about how Burning Man began, because very often how things begin set uh, the identity without even realizing it. So in 1986, uh, Larry Harvey uh, and his friend Jerry James and their families went to down to Ocean, uh, uh, I'm sorry, to Baker Beach in San Francisco. And they, uh, instead of having a regular bonfire, they built a effigy or a sculpture of a humanoid figure, which was about, I think, eight feet or so out of wood, and they burnt it. And so it started as a family picnic at the beach, but when they lit it on fire, people came from up and down the beach, and it became a social happening. And people met one another, and they said, well, that was fun. Let's do it again. So they did it annually on the summer solstice uh, on Baker Beach up, up until 1990, when uh, at that point, um, the size of the crowd had grown, and the beach authorities uh, did not want the effigy to be burnt or to have the event happen on the beach uh, again. Uh, so they moved to the most remote location that anybody knew. Members of the San Francisco Cacophony Society were planning on going out to the Black Rock Desert uh, for something called a zone trip, and they suggested that the um, Burning Man could be uh, incorporated into that zone trip in 1990 in the Black Rock Desert. I think that's significant because in some ways it points to how strange and unusual things are sometimes not welcome in our normal cities and have to find other places for them to happen. Um, in any case, it moved out to the Black Rock Desert and those early pioneers of the culture I think we're really trying to get away from the confines of polite society and in a way create a world that reflected their values as artists and free thinkers and explorers and people that wanted uh, to um, do something potentially new and really meaningful experientially um, for them. So it happened annually out there and eventually moved uh, to the week uh, leading up to Labor Day and has been out there ever since, up until COVID uh, struck. And then we uh, stopped having the event uh, because we couldn't do it safely and hope to um, 
bring it back in person in 2022, but we'll get uh, into, I think, shortly some of the other things that we've been doing in the meantime. I think it's also worth mentioning that it started as an event, but it really grew into a temporary city. Uh, we really create a uh, temporary city for 80,000 people to live in community with one another. And the participants are really co-creators in that urban design. So Burning Man Project gets the permits, lays out the city plan, provides some very basic infrastructure, but people have to bring everything that they want uh, and need to survive in a, and thrive uh, in uh, an extreme um, desert location. So they have to bring all their water, all their food, um, art to contribute of some kind or working on uh, different civic uh, projects in the city or volunteering in some capacity, uh, bring everything that they need to create this temporary city of art and human imagination. And then at the end, uh, clean it all up, pack out everything that they brought and leave no trace of our activities there and preferably leave it in better shape than it was uh, when, whenever possible. So that's a, a little bit of an overview. And somewhere along the lines, what started as an annual gathering really became a global culture. Um, people started organizing events in other parts of the world and asking us how they could do it, which is part of what my role evolved into, advising these groups that were doing, uh, wanting to do local events, how to do them in a way that is consistent with our culture. And in 2004, some guiding principles, 10 guiding principles were written down in a way to help describe the best parts of the culture and actions that were important to do and things to think about to have the um, experiment turn out well in other forms and other places. So that turned into a global culture with uh, in a, a normal year, over a hundred official regional events that happened around the world, thousands of gatherings that are influenced by the, the culture and those principles in some way, shape or form, civic art projects, nonprofits that uh, have been created to do everything from disaster relief to community resilience projects, um, people joining arts commissions and uh, getting involved in, in um, uh, local government and urban planning to try to reimagine uh, aspects of society to make them more supportive of individuals and uh, in touch with the natural world and to bring more art into public places, all of these things. So it has been honestly incredibly, I'll just say stunningly uh, humbling and beautiful to watch how people have run with the experience as it has meant a lot to them and to take them in into new frontiers. Well, that's that was a... kind of a rough, <laughs> you know, a, a messy way of answering the question, but, uh, you know, it, and I brought up how it started in 1986 as a family picnic because there was a lot of sharing going on and it was never a uh, commercial event. Uh, it was never even really focused as a, as a quote event. It was a, a gathering um, that people were invited to bring art and share what they had. Um, and some of those things later translate into our principles of gifting, for example, and radical inclusion and radical self-reliance and um, communal effort and civic responsibility and participation and immediacy and leaving no trace. Um, and importantly, decommodification as well, because we're, we're really trying to create spaces that are inherently social, human, uh, generous, supportive of, of people as individuals, and also that I think encourages people to think about their relationship to other people in society and their place in the natural world. So I, I, I love the way that those, um, guiding principles were articulated because I think they're inherently um, uh, challenging. Each person has to think about what they mean for themselves. Some of their, them are in opposition with one another uh, or require trade-offs, for example, between radical self-reliance and communal effort or between um, 
um, civic responsibility, perhaps, and uh, and um, uh, radical self-expression or radical uh, uh, self-reliance in some case. There's just trade-offs among them, uh, or even like between self-reliance and gifting. So these things exist along a spectrum. They're not meant to be rules. They're meant to be ways of thinking that people can actively engage in and figure out how they might apply to their own lives or how they might just find them interesting and helpful to live a more fulfilling life. Mm -hmm. well said. Uh, that, was, that was the <laughs> best quick explanation ever. And yeah, I love that you ended with the 10 principles because yeah, you, you use them as a guide when you're at Burning Man, but I feel like once you've done that, you kind of take them into the outside world and practice it as a general way of life as much as you can, right? I, I love that. And yes, mm. I very much believe in that. And that has been one of the, I think, natural progressions for uh, burners and also, you know, for people that just really like and identify with the principles, whether or not they've ever been to Burning Man or a regional event, there are um, people out there that really admire what the principles try to, uh, to encourage in the world. And yeah, uh, you know, I, I know uh, an artist, Joshua Coffey, who at a low point in his life where he was feeling depressed, he was a new father, his, uh, he was struggling a little bit with his income. He felt like he had less. He challenged himself to practice gifting, the principle of gifting um, every day in some way. And then he created a painting about it uh, and just practicing generosity towards others at a time when he felt he had less really helped him as an, a, a person. And uh, when last I spoke with him, he still said that that was some of his most meaningful work that he's ever done as an artist, um, creating these, uh, practicing these acts of generosity and, and then doing small paintings about them. And then he ultimately gifted those paintings uh, to different people that really resonated with the paintings. That helped him as a creative person in the world um, at a time when he felt really low. And that's just one very beautiful example, I think, of how people can uh, contemplate the principles uh, as they apply to their lives. This year, um, since we couldn't have the in-person uh, Black Rock City, um, we encouraged people uh, to think about how to bring the principles into everyday life. Uh, this has been a, a really a, something that's been ongoing for many years, but the last two years really heightened. And there is sort of a 365 uh, field guide that our Burning Man staff came up with, which I encourage people to, if you wanna Google Burning Man 365 field guide. Um, there are some fun examples of what people uh, can do or what they've done to bring the principles into their everyday life. Um, for example, some people have set up the equivalent of theme camps or experiences on their front porch uh, and met their neighbors. Uh, some people have placed art that would normally go to Burning Man or to regional events on their front lawn. And uh, Texas burners uh, created an art map where people could put their art on their on this map and people could go visit the art out in the world um seattle burners created a, a free event that was covid safe on people's front lawns during burn week last year um so people could go and basically visit one another on front lawns have theme camp like experiences uh uh, engage with interactive public art. Um, other people have led parades um, through public spaces or done picnics. Um, other people have put their energy into their relationship with permanent land or um, land regeneration projects. Um, civic art projects where they're, uh, they've worked actively to place uh, art in permanent cities. So in a lot of ways, even though our usual ways of gathering through events 
have been put on hold due to COVID, it's allowed other potential forms of the culture, I think, to really flourish and for people to put their energy into some new stuff. So I think that's great. You know, whenever you can't do one thing, um, there's a, a stronger impetus to try to try new things. Yeah, and it, it that's, and it also goes into the concept of that Burning Man isn't just about the event. It's a it's kind of a way of life, right? It's it's more than just a week in the desert that we turn into a city, you know. And I love some of the stuff that we've done for community, and um, yeah, and I just I think it helps people's perception. That, that don't know much about Burning Man and maybe think that it's just a bunch of naked people having sex in the middle of the desert on drugs. <laughs> and that's not actually the essence and, and the real concrete of what Burning Man is. It's not that. And, you know, obviously the art is such a huge part of it. And um, I don't know, what what are your thoughts on, on the importance of the variety of art that's there? I mean, because it's art from all over the, the world. Uh, it, it is art from all over the world. You know, it started as something that was rooted in the creative scene in the Bay Area uh, of San Francisco. But over many years, it has become a kind of Olympics of human expression and imagination mm -hmm. with people coming from uh, cities and towns all over the world, bringing, um, in some cases, representations of their local culture in other cases, uh, almost, well, they're almost like creative ambassadorial offerings, you know, um, and they all come and participate in this temporary city, um, which blows my mind, honestly, because people come on what should be their vacation. And um, they come from cities where they were born and raised, where their um, kin are buried, and they work harder than normal to create these stunning public artworks and generous experiences for one another as citizens in our temporary city of Black Rock City and the many regional events around the world, because this happens around the world in the in official events. It, it, it's consistent. So like, why is that? Why do people do that? I, I really think it's because they're not getting um, what they want out of their everyday lives and cities. And there's something that is going right in this temporary city, enough that they call this temporary city home and love it. And we'll work very hard to create, in some ways, a test case for what the larger world and society uh, can be more of. I want to say also, like, look at the 10 principles. They really exist in society. They exist in everyday life, but they exist perhaps in differing proportions. You know, uh, maybe people are not as generous with, with one another and smile and hug one another the way, uh, on public streets the way that they might in Black Rock City. Um, but there is generosity in uh, daily life. We just encourage maybe a little bit more of that as a counterpoint to the normal consumption model uh, of um, consumer society, where we as people even, have even been turned into products. You know, our, our data has been turned into a, a, a product. Uh, so, and Burning Man grew in part out of uh, a reaction to the commodification of um, culture and society uh, and people. And so, you know, I think that Practically speaking, the culture of Burning Man just tries to remind everybody to be a little bit more human, to be a little bit more generous, to work together a little bit more, to, to, to uh, encourage uh, people to realize their uh, deepest human potential, to live uh, fulfilling lives in community with others, to think about how they can show up in the world as better citizens, and importantly, our leaving no trace uh, principle, which if you read it, ends with, uh, and wherever possible, we endeavor to leave uh, spaces in, in better condition than they were, and has launched us into uh, uh, deep and important thinking about environmental regeneration uh, and getting to uh, carbon 
uh, negative, not just neutral. Um, like all those things, they're just good things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really, you know, it's not like we're, we're and, and the other thing is, and this is sort of important to the cultural soup too, trying to create a welcoming and inclusive environment for people with differing view, viewpoints. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're not, um, we avoid uh, partisanship in an effort to get everybody to have common and shared experiences and find what, what they have in common and to work together on productive solutions. Whether they're temporary solutions and how are we going to uh, put up structures that will survive extreme uh, weather, uh, and it could be at one of our events, or it could even be during a natural disaster. Um, uh, you know, there's just lots of interesting applications, I think, when you think about uh, these um, principles as they might apply to everyday life uh, and society. I think what I really like about the principles is that you don't even necessarily have to be going to Burning Man to, to, to connect that to your life because they are such a, a great part about being human, right? I think it's what you're, you're, what you're saying is perfect because... I think because personally, I've not been to Burning Man. I, I wanted to go, but unfortunately, COVID had happened by the time I could go. But these principles are something that I'm going to start trying to do in my life now going forward. I, I kind of already have in here and there, but the more I read them, the more I understand them, it makes me want to be more connected to that because I think that's the most important part of life in general is being human. And I just, I want to tell you that I, I really thank you for talking about that. Yeah, and, and you know, they, they, again, they were not written as um, rules. Yes. Um, they were uh, written in a way to define the best parts of the culture that had emerged and things that were important to that culture. Um, and as I say, they really require critical thinking and trade-offs. Uh, uh, there are a lot of people that identify as, quote, burners that haven't had the experience. And um, I think that that's... Uh, very inspirational to me because, you know, I think in the end, any of us involved with Burning Man, and I've been involved since 1996, um, which was 10 years into the ex experiment already, but any of us that have been in involved and have really put our life energy, our time, our, um, our hearts and souls into it, wanted to do something that kind of is helpful to people. Um, and it's, you know, it's also something I really care about from an, an arts advocacy perspective, because I think that arts and culture is something that is very uh, important in society and um, uh, important to the health and well-being of um, people in cities. And uh, I, I see a lot of applications um, of the culture for urban planning also. I wish that, for example, cities that make decisions about um, massive uh, rebuilding uh, projects um, and um, art funding and zoning would uh, apply these principles um, to economic development decisions because I worry that sometimes our cities just without realizing it have become real estate products instead of serving their social function of bringing people together to support the individuals in society and healthy social relationships. So, you know, one thing that I've had the pleasure of uh, doing is sometimes talking with urban planning groups and saying, well, what are the criteria that you apply when you're, th you're, you're doing your work in the world? Maybe a principled uh, uh, approach or revisiting what your guiding uh, criteria and principles are for making decisions would be helpful to get them a little bit more on uh, track with what we need to do to address um, uh, both environmental issues and important social issues. Yeah, so speaking of social issues, it's interesting. There's, there's that aspect to it, but there's also what the art represents. Like it, it represents expression on, on social issues, you know, and, and internal issues. So like, so you're out at Burning Man and you can see the artwork and, and it can, it can mean a different thing to everyone who's, who's viewing the art. Right. And the, maybe the main message of the art from the artist was, um, to, to talk about, you know, the, the need for more diversity and, or the, the, the state of the planet and, 
and whatever the horrible trash everywhere and maybe this piece of art is made by a bunch of plastic bottles that they pulled out of the ocean but someone else can see that art and have their own experience with it there and that's one of the things i love about about the openness of burning man is that you can have all these different things going on and it's open for everyone's own interpretation of how they of what they take back from it and you can have conversations with completely random strangers who may become lifelong friends while you're out there you know yeah, yeah, Mike, I'm glad that you 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 brought up the word conversation. You know, I think that art is a language and it is a, a one way of expressing what is going on. Uh, it's a way of talking sometimes about difficult issues. It's also a way of imagining better ways of being together in the world, which I really love. Like to me, that is the, the great hope um, for humanity is that through imagination and creativity, uh, we can uh, imagine better ways of being together in the world and address the great challenges of our time, which is why really I think that Burning Man and or, uh, or organizations like it are important, not just as some kind of vanity uh, aesthetic art um, project, but actually um, to help us um, think about and imagine solutions for the, the, the greatest challenges of our time. And imagination is one of those things that has allowed the human species uh, to thrive um, throughout time. It was our ability to imagine uh, that there is a tomorrow, for example, that led early humans to begin preserving food and not eating it all at once and then going hung hungry the next day. Um, or developing food preservation techniques. It was our ability to imagine tomorrow that allowed our species to thrive and our brains to grow and our consciousness to, consciousness to develop. Um, so extrapolating that out, I really believe that imagination, innovation, experimentation, the kind of stuff that we try to encourage uh, within our own culture, um, out of that incubator, will come the kind of thinking, shifts in values, behavioral changes that lead to important and necessary um, social changes um, you know, in our time that get us maybe better to some better places. And you, also one thing you really remind me of is that art at Burning Man and within our culture, whether it's at Burning Man or in the larger world tends to be interactive, participatory in some way, uh, often collaboratively built with many people involved. So the art making is a community building experience in and of itself. Mm -hmm. The shared experience uh, of interacting with that art um, can form meaningful relationships, which is a little different than the way that art has, is often presented, which is, don't touch the art or art as an aesthetic solution only or art as an object or art as a, a collectible a commodity. Um, I'm also very proud that one of the things we do consciously is in, encourage new artists and we encourage established artists to, to take chances and try new things they might not normally do. And we encourage people that have never thought of themselves as artists to engage with their imagination and creativity in some way, whether that is uh, maybe somebody loves to cook and they're going to make art pancakes, uh, you know, and that's hmm. their gift and their artistic expression. Um, it, it, it's not all art in the traditional sense of sculpture and painting, though certainly there's lots of all of that too. It's art as community building force, art totally. as shared experience, art as relationship building, art that performs a civic function. And that's also one of the things that, you know, we like to try to encourage in larger society is how to place art in relationship building uh, and in a civic function and not just as uh, an art object that gets dropped down someplace with no relationship at all to the people that live around it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's like, you know, you, like you go to a museum or you go to a you know, downtown and there's some art piece and you know nothing about it, where it came from. It probably came from, you know, across the world, who knows. But 
at Burning Man, you know, my first year going, I saw the art and I, it was 2009. I didn't really know much about the engagement. And I just kind of felt like, oh, that's, that's these people's art. They brought that, they built it and I get to enjoy it. But as I continued to go, I would be walking by and someone looked like they needed some help putting up a structure. And now I'm helping them put up a structure and making new friends. Or um, one year I was uh, at Burning Man and they were announcing that the temple was running behind that they needed anyone that knew how to use a, a power drill or a torque drill to come out there and, and help drill. And so, you know, we went out, uh, Lamplighters and, uh, and myself went out and helped drill it together. And, and it just, those type of experiences um totally like i feel so much more connected to everything there because of the engagement where yeah you can see it from across the the playa you can see the temple but knowing like man i helped build that because they were behind and they reached out and then i met this guy and that guy and then we went and had dinner over here at this camp and it just created this whole web of experiences that connected me to the the city more than any other place I've seen art at a museum where I'm separated by the, the concept of what a museum is with art. So, um, I mean, I, to me, I feel like that's the real importance of a lot of the art there is, is that. Anyway. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful example of how art can serve, uh, a, um, uh, relationship building and uh, a kind of even civic pride that you help build the city. Mm -hmm. it, I, I really think, you know, uh, in small neighborhoods where all the neighbors know one another and they work together to solve problems, uh, you find this kind of close knit relationship with people and people having pride of their local town uh, because, you know, they helped. Uh, uh, raise money for to do a civic project or they worked on something together or they you know uh helped build a a, a, a structure whatever it might be but in modern society we've gotten kind of farther away from those kinds of working together uh to build our own cities or even being involved uh, in civic projects and i kind of think that we do better to make it easier for people to meet their neighbors, work with their neighbors, you know, like um, give them uh, the agency, the freedom, the autonomy in, in some ways to solve problems at the local level together. Um, you know, this, the, at a centralized and governmental level, you still have to set meaningful policy. Um, but I wonder sometimes if we've tried, to rely too much on central, um, centralized solutions and not enough on local, um, uh, well, you get the idea, you know, yeah. I think there, there could yeah. be a, a healthier balance there. That's a good thought. Yeah, I guess, you know, one of the things I, I, I always get asked, or I, I, when I talk to people about Burning Man is one of the things they do is they call it a festival and, and, you know, and I try to say, well, it's not a festival like that. You know, you go to a festival and there's like a list of what's going on and where and and who's playing music at what stage. Right. And I think our conversation has just explained why Burning Man is not a festival. You know, it's 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 all of these engagements that come together to make it happen. It's all of us participating. It's not just, oh, these organizers are going to put this together. We're going to buy our ticket and we're going to go. And we're going to be entertained. We are it. Like we are making it. And, right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, beautifully said. Um, yeah. We're not a festival. Festivals are typically characterized by having a lineup, a main stage. Things are uh, much more programmed. And in some cases, uh, you know, there's talent that are draws that you're going to see this amazing lineup. Uh, that has been provided for you. And you're right, like every person that comes uh, to our temporary city helps co-create the city and is the star. Mm -hmm. They bring what they love to share with others and are placed at the center of, um, of things. Mm -hmm. So that is very different. And it, it you know, it, it's not even uh, just an event. Black Rock City is a, a, 
a temporary city with a fully functioning uh, uh, airport, um, post offices that are run by members of our community that deliver the mail. We have our own uh, uh, temporary zip code. Uh, uh, there's uh, the sign shop that puts up the basic sign, lamp posts that are lit by uh, volunteer lamp lighters to uh, illuminate our city at night and make it look beautiful. Um, you know, it, it's a fully functioning city that is powered by the participants that come. Um, I don't even like saying the word ticket holder because they are co-creators in the city and um, the ticket fees just help cover the the um, the infrastructure. They allow us to give over a million dollars in art grants annually to artists, which is awesome. way more than uh, some in, entire cities uh, are able to give uh, to the arts. Um, we really are a city of art and uh, imagination and experimentation, and I think that we're also, in some ways, in a positive way, trying to hack dis different aspects of society as a proof uh, that it is possible to have, uh, to function well together, um, you know, through these guiding principles in ways that are a little bit more human, a little bit more meaningful, a little bit more fun, um, mm. you know, uh, and a little bit more in tune with nature. Yeah, fun. Like, like uh, the DMV is not just the Department of Motor Vehicles, it's the Department of Mutant Vehicles. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, well, moving along, um, obviously there's no Burning Man, again, on the playa this year, but there, Burning Man is still happening, right? There's still, yes. there's still yes, Burning Man. Yes, yes. It, it, it is because our participants or people that relate to the culture have brought it to so many different forms. And then there's also the virtual burn happening. Right. And so we have a, a special guest that's going to join in with us here to talk about that a little more with us. Um, his name is Chris Christensen. And if I get this right, he's the project lead for the virtual burn for 2021. Correct. Yeah. Yes, he is. And I, I just want to say that I'm really uh, very excited about the awesome potential of building like radically inclusive virtual spaces um, that go beyond time and space that operate in alignment with the 10 principles. This is like a, a, the second year of an experience of moving into the virtual realm. And um, it's been created by independent uh, teams of talented burners that have created these virtual worlds and experiences. So uh, Chris Christensen uh, can tell you a little bit more about uh, some of the different worlds uh, and how people can experience them. And um, they're very exciting um, to me because this is a new frontier to explore how we can use the tools of technology to create meaningful uh, human experiences uh, across bound the, the boundaries of um, you know, physical barriers of uh, uh, time, uh, people being in different time zones, uh, of space, even of economic um, barriers, because people can uh, get a little flavor for the culture without uh, needing to uh, spend any money um, or uh, travel. Uh, so it's pretty exciting it, to see that come it's along. crazy it's yeah. crazy and i've been i've been in, into each of the worlds and mind blown really um yeah yeah there's one uh, in vr uh alt space vr specifically that you spend enough time in there you really can kind of feel like you're you're <laughs> out on the playa it's fun so yeah let's bring uh chris in and have him uh, break down a little bit more about what what different experiences there are because there's oh, yeah. there's several there's several ways. Um, Uncle Dad, why don't you bring him in? Absolutely, I will. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Chris Christensen. Hello, hello. Morning. How are you, sir? Uh, wonderful. We were just talking about you, getting everything all set up for you. So, uh, Mike, if you want to kind of update him again here. Yeah, yeah. We were just uh, you know we were talking about. There is no no uh, Burning Man event that is happening on the playa. Some people are are thinking of still going out to the playa on their own. But there's also uh, 
an alternative to doing that, which is the virtual burn, which, you know, we obviously did last year uh, and we're doing it again this year. And I just would like you to kind of give us a rundown of the different experiences people can get engaged with. Absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here and, and it's great to meet you all. Good to see you, Stephen. Uh, so Virtual Burn 2021 is the, uh, is the continuation of, of the multiverse from 2020. The, uh, the uh, six of the world, seven of the worlds from, uh, from 2020 uh, uh, really discovered some, some fresh and, and new ways to create uh, connection, to create, bring the community together. And uh, and was and we're all very excited to uh, continue that path and and build out the uh, the experiences and uh, and create the offering that is Virtual Burn 2021. It's comprised of a broad range of accessible offerings in terms of uh, experience and uh, technology needs and such. It it's uh, uh, Sparkleverse. Build the Burn, built on the uh, Topia platform, uh, BRCVR, which is the uh, Altspace virtual reality playa, accessible through your desktop as well as uh, Oculus VR headsets. Uh, burn Week global live stream, which was uh, which was the single day burn event uh, that traveled the traveled the world in 2020, bringing uh, burns that took place following the clock around the globe have jumped in to, to bring us an entire week of global live stream. Certainly, a, that's a good one to bring your friends together, uh, you know, sit on the couch where possible together and, and have some, some gatherings like that. Uh, you can create a camp there and, uh, and bring people together from around the world. To watch different uh, different events going on, uh, the Infinite Playa is back this year, which is a uh, you know a very photorealistic playa built on in more of a uh, more of a gaming environment where uh, where everything is is happening and it is it isn't as it isn't a Zoom room it isn't cartoonish it, you are a, an avatar in the world for that with a lot of uh, a lot of new features this year. Which includes some uh, a pop-up window where you can have one-on-one -on -one conversations with with uh, other people there or groups there. Certainly a, a very unique experience that takes place at your on your laptop or your desktop. Uh, Dusty Multiverse is back. Dusty Multiverse is a uh, is a mobile app that uh, has added a a VR option, VR headset option this year. But the but the uh, the accessibility of Dusty Multiverse through your uh, through your phone has has really been a, a big hit with a with a lot of people. In in that last year, you know, you could be uh, well, you probably shouldn't be sitting at a red light, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> accessing it. But you could be at a at a coffee shop or uh, you know, between some things and and exploring the playa in uh, in Dusty Multiverse and Burn Two, which is a a long-standing uh, virtual uh, regional for Burning Man is back this year on the Second Life platform. Uh, that's a that's an interesting that's an inter interesting experience as well. Uh, again, it's a avatar-based through your through your desktop, and then you know, the temple this year, the Luminous Lotus Temple, is you know a new group of uh, of creators for the temple this year, but the uh, the experience is app based and uh, through us through a website and certainly uh, well thought out. We've seen some of the I guess previews of what the experience will be, and it's really a nice, a really a great uh, extension of the Imperium Ethereal Temple, if I got that right from uh, from 2020. Which was a you know certainly a, a groundbreaking and, and new walk into into a virtual experience for the uh, for the temple and as always the man will burn and that will be on burningman.org. Um, that that last one that with the temple, 
that was such an interesting concept because you could create an offering and you would put certain uh I, my mind is kind of blanking on exactly how you would do it but you would put certain um input input into onto the system and it would create a symbol based off of whatever you whatever your offering was for say it's for someone or something that you want to let go of or you know someone who's passed on that you want to kind of give an offering to the to that up there um whatever uh so yeah can you talk a little bit about about the new the temple with that uh so the luminous lotus temple is is similar in uh in application the uh you can you will go into the temple and you can upload your your offering your offering can be uploaded in in uh, uh you know jpeg video offerings and such and you can you can choose to keep your offering private or have it as something available for the other uh participants uh the rest of the community to go through and and see your offering and such uh within the within the temple you know, and then, uh, you know, there's, it's, it's a very uh, uh, peaceful place, a very uh, balanced place to sit and spend time with, with your offerings, spend time with perusing others offerings, uh, the temple guardians will be there for, for some outreach and, and comfort. And, uh, you know, you can move aside and, and have one on one conversations. And things and and it's all again it's it's avatar based so uh, as you register and, and go into the space you you create your avatar and then move through the through the space and and uh, and experience the the temple much like uh, you experience the temple uh, in Black Rock City on the playa and then of course uh, on Sunday there the temple will be will be uh, burned and you can. Go stand and stand on the perimeter, watch the uh, uh, participate in the experience, and uh, and have that that moment of of release that is uh, what we've all become uh, you know accustomed to and out on the playa. Should clar clarify that the uh, the temple is virtually burned online. <laughs> it will be a uh, it's a very interesting new twist to, I think, ephemerality. Uh, and uh, I know that last year, the creative crew that created this uh, beautiful, again, like a temple, uh, it, the temple at Burning Man started originally as an art project like anything else. But uh, in people have turn to it as a non-denominational space, often to remember loved ones who have passed, but sometimes to make uh, intentions. It is uh, um, in Black Rock City, a very contemplative uh, space that feels uh, um, spiritual, but free of uh, dogma or the specificity that sometimes get in the way of having a shared space for remembrance um, or uh, offerings, prayers, whatever people want to use it for. Um, I think it's important to say that. And then uh, in Black Rock City, it is normally burnt uh, on the final day of our gathering. And this form online is another form of ephemerality. And last year, the temple crew deleted all the files afterwards. They you know, had this uh, experience online where it was uh, the beautiful... Uh, structure that they had created online and that shared space with all those shared intentions was you know uh, burnt and then deleted so it, it's another form of, of ephemerality really that people worked so hard on on all of it and then um had this new version of ephemerality and shared experience and the team this year is creating sort of a multi-sensory experience with sound and time beforehand and time after, uh, there's emotional support uh, team for people that might be dealing with, well, who isn't dealing with trauma or loss right now, honestly, yeah. right? Um, so for many people, this, um, this year's temple is especially meaningful, um, and it could be very emotional for people.
So we, it's it, all of these things, by the way, are free. People can uh, go to the Burning Man website. They can register and sign up. Some of it is as simple as operating uh, like a Zoom type of uh, experience. Um, some you can look directly at people through pop-up windows and others have avatars. Some have 3D headsets and um, others, uh, as Chris said, you can just do through your phone. So there's a full range of ways to access it. And um, I'm very, uh, I think, cognizant that uh, people need healing right now. And I, I think that the, the uh, temple experience will offer that and that people want to feel connected with other people. And that's what this whole uh, virtual burn experience is. And last year, I had wonderful conversations with people from around the world, uh, many of them first uh, time burners, uh, just learning about the culture. I think, what was it, Chris, about 40% new people and 165,000 people participated uh, last year, which was twice uh, the number that can normally fit in our temporary city. Right. Good, good memory there, Stephen. Uh, we registered 40% uh, people who claimed, who reported they they had not been involved uh, in Burning Man previously, and uh, and this year. Yeah, and some of those people were like I met a paraplegic uh, guy who. Uh, um, this was his first exposure to the culture and to the people. And he said, everyone was so nice. And this last year was his first burn and he loved it. And he, uh, I think got more involved with one of the platforms and is probably, you know, going to be back there again this year. I had one conversation with one guy who was sitting in his bed at uh, 5 a.m. his time in Glasgow and had moved there and didn't know very many people. He'd been curious about the culture. He had friends that were burners. He kind of had an idea, but last year was his first quote burn. And, it's kind of amazing to me that the culture can translate well enough into this new virtual realm. And, you know, it's not perfect. Uh, there are other people that, that uh, don't want to spend time online right now, but I think it's an interesting experiment uh, in how to create a deeply human shared experience and how technology can be a tool and not just some product. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun last uh, last year. I, I did a piece of, uh, I do these comic book cover mashups with the theme of whatever the burn is that year. And I did uh, a, a mashup of Burning Man multiverse with the Spider-Man Spider-Verse and uh, got to put it in one or two of the worlds. So yeah, every, anyone can get involved with it just like you would on the physical playa out in Nevada. So. Um, thanks, Chris, for coming on and explaining a little bit of that. And yeah, you can go in there and talk to people all over the world. The alt space one is the one I spent the most time in. It was a lot of fun. You know, you can see all kinds of art and you can even fly around, which you, I guess you could do if you're in a plane at Burning Man, but <laughs> not in the same way. Um, so a really cool uh, alternative to, to anything else. Um, you know, and it's safe and you don't have to drive and, you know, unless you're driving and you're looking at, at a red light, like Chris said earlier. Well said, well said, yeah. Uh, and if I can add, for me, I, I think the, uh, uh, one of the, I guess, surprising and more amazing uh, parts of, of the multiverse and, and certainly for this year for Virtual Burn 2021 is that uh, the, it it mirrors it mirrors the playa it mirrors Black Rock City in that it's 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 deep it's complicated it's uh, there's a, a very varied offering of experiences and connections and certainly certainly feelings that are uh, uh, are sometimes very unexpected in in this uh, this medium and uh, uh, you know there's it's just it's just delightful delightful discovery around every corner as you explore through what what is truly a, a very profound offering from from all of these uh, all of these creators and uh, and you know the the design or the desire to have access and experience for all levels of of experiencing and comfort in in the technology I think is is one of the uh, 
uh, one of the learnings from 2020 and one of the uh, one of the successes I think will will end being uh, being, being very proud of for uh, for what the offering is for 2021. And these worlds are also uh, gifts by members of the community. Again, Burning Man did not create these platforms or worlds. We're just helping these digital creators uh, to support one another, uh, communicating out you know, to the world that if they want to uh, check out these things, that there's opportunities to uh, um, even build and get involved with these online um, forums uh, that in a lot of ways are ex uh, new experimental social uh, and creative spaces online. Oh, and th thank you, Mike. Thank you, Uncle Dad. Thank you, Chris. And yeah, um, to anybody out there that's curious, come check it out. You know, you might find uh, your people. It's kind of a, 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 a scene of, lot, of lots of different scenes and groups. So uh, poke around, explore, and um, Hope that uh, whatever of the 10 principles resonates with you, that you'll bring a little bit more of that into your life. <laughs> that, would, that would be uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, I have to tell you too, Chris, uh, I, I've never been to Burning Man, but I've been wanting to experience it. And I think this year will be the year I do the virtual burn. Uh, and I'm very excited to experience that because I, I'm very much a tech person, you know, all the way through. And I'm excited to see that kind of, the connection through that 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 world and then the the ten principles kind of come to life virtually. So it's pretty it's very exciting. So thank you so much for putting this all together. Wonderful. Yeah. No. Thank you. And and by all means, reach out. I'm I would be uh, uh, happy and honored to to show you around the the virtual burn. All of you. Oh, absolutely. I will. Yes. I I, I absolutely. If you're putting it on the table, I will for sure. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well. Um, we appreciate both of your time coming on Uncle Dad Talks. I hope it has helped people's open people's eyes a little bit more to what Burning Man is on and off the, the Black Rock Desert. And um, obviously burningman.org, anyone can go there and hook up with all the, the virtual stuff. You can read about past burns. You can, there's message boards on there. There's all kinds of ways to interact there's a Burning Man Instagram, there's a Burning Man on Twitter, there's all kinds of Burning Man groups on Facebook. So there's there's lots of ways to be engaged. And um, Stephen, I really, uh, I really appreciate your wisdom and the way that you articulate your thoughts. It's uh, inspiring to me. And uh, Chris, I also appreciate you breaking down all the different uh, options for the virtual burn. Um, it's, uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year. Thanks, uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity, and and I would echo your appreciation of uh, Stephen Raspa by all means. Always a pleasure. Absolutely, well said. Thank you guys so much, gentlemen. Have a great and wonderful week. Uh, take care, everybody, and as always, we'll see everybody next week. <laughs>